Microphone test, one, two, three, one, two, three. Freaky, freaky, freaky goodness out in the great outdoors. How it goes in, sir? Oh, you're out in the wild. They let you, they let you out on day release. Oh, things you got to do to try and do this freaking show, dude. It's, it's <laughs> mental. <laughs> uh, what's cracking? Oh, dude, nothing too much. Just uh, getting everything all ready for Saturday. Yes, yes. I'm doing too. Just running around like an idiot. Freaking getting all the fun stuff ready for... Big weekend. It's gonna be a big one. So, How was last week? How was last week's con? Man, it was mental. It was, it was great. Uh, really um, awesome success, and the panel went well. And um, yeah, had a really good time. Hung out with. Uh, I did a panel with my mate Phil. Uh, Phil Hoare. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, who's a really, really brilliant author uh, and very knowledgeable guy. Uh, we did a ghost tour with him actually in Rockhampton. Oh, cool. Um, as, as I mentioned the week before about the yeah. Jack the Ripper thing. So it was that guy. And he just put out a book um, about the thing. Yes, oh, the right. thing. Yes, he has put out a book that basically goes through the whole history of the thing. Like from the short story to the, the 1951 movie. To the song, everything, like every component is in this book, and I, and I got a copy. I got the first copy, and man, it's friggin' rad. And he's no, a cool, yeah, he's a cool cat to do a panel with, man. He's 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 great. So, um, yeah, we had a great time. So, uh, the the convention itself is great. Gladstone's a, a, you know, they got some cool shit going on, man. So, 
kudos to them for putting on a good con. Nice. Yeah. And this weekend ought to be freaking rad too, man. Yeah, right. Because your two favourite idi- idiots have, <laughs> are being given a microphone again. <laughs> <laughs> and an audience. And an audience. <laughs> one, one day they're going to realise what they're doing and, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, let, let's let's keep our fingers crossed. There's uh, more than two people in the audience, or better still, more than our listening audience, which, uh, which is we're almost breaking the, the 50. Uh, yeah, we've almost broken 50 listeners, dedicated listeners. So, oh shit, yeah, right. <laughs> we're moving up in the world, mate. Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, mental. How, anyway. how, many, how many of them are like friends that like have just created multiple accounts to give us an ego boost? Whoever you are, um, yeah, don't send us the bill. <laughs> <laughs> our, all, our, all our buddies in Kazakhstan. Yeah. We, we create goats. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll pay you in repairs of goats or something. <laughs> yeah. So what's the latest and greatest besides uh, all things con related? Oh fuck, dude! Nothing, nothing too thrilling, really. Um, yeah, just I haven't haven't uh, caught up on any comics of, of su- as such of late. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no man, just uh, just doing the thing, and yeah. Well, man, it's uh, it's exciting. Doing the work thing. It's very boring. It's like literally, it's like, what have you been doing? Prepping for the con. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say the the little packs you've done up they look great. It, it's um whoever grabs one's going to be in for a treat. I think. It's oh great. yeah, man, we got we got stickers. We've got nine um nine sort of special ones with uh, like random sketch cards that Adam's done that all have like different shit in them, mad. stuff like that, like little mini posters. And yeah, it's very very cool. That's mad, dude. That's really cool. Um, well, that's that's freaking exciting, dude. So and. Uh, you know, hopefully it pushes uh, pushes you one step closer out there to the the general public that um, you know will be aware of cigarettes and silver bullets. Yeah, well, you know, one can only hope. That's kind of that's kind of well, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the the general vibe of, of these events. So yeah, it's cool. But uh, yeah, no, it's 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 going to be good, man. I'm 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 going to be kind of uh, my my table's going to be like a fucking Thai hooker. We're gonna we're gonna have all all my freak stuff. Uh, we're gonna be pimping out the, the the cigarette silver bullet stuff. We're gonna be having containers for change, promoting recycling, and uh, Netherworld and uh, and friggin' uh, um, the fucking lumber punk saxophone as well, man. It's gonna be just this big fucking party. Right. So, yeah, no, right. So yeah, it's gonna be a very colourful looking table, that's for sure. So. Yeah, it should be cool. But um, yeah, so this week's episode, we're we're concluding our little uh, deep dive into the the Blade trilogy, um, which has been a fucking cool time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? So let me Sorry. ask you. What, lunch. No, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Do do lunch. What's your favorite Blade movie of the three? Because I know you were sort of leaning on. Oh, dude, three. it's it's easy number two. Easy mm. number two. Yeah, so But I'm, there are no there are no bad blade movies, which is kind of cracks me up. Like I remember um I remember when this one came out. And yeah. um a lot of people seemed to hate on it. Like they thought it was too funny, like what with having Ryan Reynolds in there and Parker 
Posey and the whole Night Stalker yeah. thing. But yeah, I I really like this one as well. Like I, I don't think there's a bad one in the bunch. Like I know I know a lot of people sort of like weren't super fond of this after it came out and like the production was kind of troubled. Like I think like, you know, Wesley Snipes and the director like wanted to kill each other because it was like David Goyer's first time, you know, after writing the last two, like he wrote and directed this one. I think it was like only his second movie or something like that. There's apparently a whole lot of bullshit going on between him and Wesley Snipes through the movie. Like, so yeah, but I still think it came out great. Like I really liked it. Dude, I think, like, I mean, shit, it's hard to believe it came out in 2004. But Blade Trini- Trinity is still far, right? <laughs> Let's give Jake another heart attack. Um, but, no, but I think this movie, like, yeah, it's definitely got a bit more of a comedy element, element to it. But it still holds and packs a way better punch than than the half the fucking MCU movies. Well... It's like, for me, I feel like the comedy in this doesn't override the movie. It's like, no. you've, got, you've got, like, you know, Ryan Reynolds is in there and he's, you know, doing his thing and cracking jokes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, it doesn't feel like it's to the detriment of the movie. It doesn't feel like, no. oh, suddenly we've made Blade, like, a funny guy or some shit like that. Like, you know, Blade's still taking shit seriously. Like, yeah. you know, you've got Dracula. The bad guy who's taking shit seriously, like yeah. But Blade does have that one funny moment of classic Wesley Snipesism, where he, I, I can't remember the line exactly, but he's something like words of motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, where the guy where he's hanging the dude upside down, his phone rings. He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, but I mean, that's kind of just like vintage Blade, like yeah, you know, yeah. Like oh yeah, he's cracking jokes while he's murdering someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so. What, what did you think of Dracula, Dominic Purcell? Um, great actor, by the way. Look, I think Dominic Purcell's fucking great, honestly. Like, I, um, there's a great little horror movie out there called Blood Creek, which has got uh, him, Henry Cavill, and Michael Fassbender. And it's basically, oh, wow. like, Nazi zombies. And it's fucking Dude. awesome. It is such Dude. a great criminally underrated flick like way more why? people why have I not heard of this um, yeah it's great it's just like oh Superman and Dracula team up to fight Magneto cool <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good synopsis you know, you know, on paper, you know I'm, people, I'm kind of down with that you know people are going to watch this now and go motherfucker Superman wasn't in it fucking Dracula wasn't in it Magneto wasn't in it what the fuck man you ripped us off <laughs> But I, I, look, I honestly thought he was great. Like, um, yeah. you know, it would have been cool if they'd done, like, the more traditional sort of Tomb of Dracula, Dracula, but... That's what I was hoping for. I still think it works. Like, I yeah, love... I, I like, I kind of love that when he was all monstered out, like, he had the same sort of jaw design as the Reapers from number two. Yeah. That was kind of like... That, I thought that was cool, because it was kind of like, oh, okay, so the Reapers, like, you know, yeah, they were mutated, but, like, are they more pure sort of you know, is is the way they feed sort of a more pure kind of way of, like, vampires feeding because it kind of relates back to Dracula. Um, Yeah, I I thought he was great, honestly. I thought he did a great job. I love that scene where he goes into, like, the goth shop and just sees that he's Uh, been turned into a fucking cartoon. Wasn't that great? Yeah, there was some nice little references um, to, you know, 
just touching on that whole Dracula dealing in modern era. Because, I mean, you know, he, he comes from this bloodthirsty history in the past. And, you know, to see him walk into a golf shop and see himself, you know, monopolised as this friggin', you know, cartoon entity. And, uh, you know, that's really interesting how they approach that. Well, I also thought it was really cool. Like, one of, one of the things that I, I sort of love about this trilogy is that it's a great example of, you know, how to escalate the threats against your hero across a trilogy. Yeah. And have it work. Because it's like, okay, your first movie, you've got him, like, basically just fighting, you know, your sort of upper-tier kind of, you know, vampire-like bosses kind of thing. Yeah. You know, in the second one, you've got him fighting, like, you know, these, like, mutated, like, super vampires. And then in the third one, it's like he's fighting, like, the king of all fucking vampires, which, you know, really works. Like, it's a cool, so like, up the stakes each film, pun intended. Absolutely. <laughs> Nicely played there. Yeah, you sure did there. But, like, I was a fan of uh, introducing the Night Stalkers, but my only gripe is... Where was fucking Morbius, man? Like, fuck, dude, you know, if you're going to have the Night Stalkers, please include the Morbius as well, dude. Well, I kind of, like, I, my, my, I, if, I, if I had a gripe, it would be I kind of wish that the Night Stalkers were a little bit closer to what the they comic were. Like, yeah. you know, I kind of wish you had, like, Frank Drake with that fucking tricked out gun that he's got to deal with, yeah. super, like, supernatural creatures. Like, you know, because, I mean, in the comics, obviously, Frank Drake is a descendant of Dracula. Yeah. You know, and Hannibal King is still actually a vampire. So I just kind of had wished, like, you know, they'd, you know, included that. Like, having Whistler's daughter in there was, you know, that was a cool little thing. Like, mm. yeah, that was cool. It was the, the inaccuracies were kind of, to me, I felt a little parallel to to what they did with Wolverine Origins. So it's funny. Yeah. It's funny that old Ryan Reynolds kind of, you know, got, um, got that, you know, the short stick. Yeah, short end well, stick with both characters. It's kind of one of those things where it's like you kind of expected that with comic movies of that era that they weren't yeah, going of to course. be any sort of direct adaption of the comics, but you yeah. just kind of hope that they kind of got the the general vibe right. Because, I mean, I, I've always loved Hannibal King in the comics. I've always thought he was a really great character. Um, I remember there was a really rad crossover between, like, Morbius and the Night Stalkers where, like, him and, and Morbius teamed up, and it was pretty fucking yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was it definitely, but uh, I definitely agree on all those points. But I think, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, I think the, the end product of what we got with number three was really enjoyable. I, I, yeah, man, I really dig number three. Like, I think it's I think it's a cool little, you know, it's it's got all the classic Blade elements, like, you know, him fighting his way through a whole bunch of vampires and yeah. boss, like... I love that little subway scene where you're introduced to like Whistler's daughter with Jessica. That Bea was cool. As little that was cool. Like I thought that was yeah. really rad. That was a really yeah. cool bit of world building. And Jessica Biel at the time, man, fuck, she was she was great and stuff. You know, like her star power was, you know, pretty strong, and she looks great on camera too. And and I thought she kicked some ass really well. Yeah, man. Yeah, and you know, you had cool back. I mean, Parker Posey's always great fun, and she was always fun. great in this. Like, yeah. She was just fantastic. And, you know, I mean, Triple H did a great turn as well. Like, I thought he was Didn't he just? I thought he was quite good. Like, I mean, he, you know, his acting skills aren't top-notch, but shit, man, I thought he fucking delivered great. Well, and he had some great lines as well. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, that bit with Blake where he's like, hey, you're not so big. 
Like, yeah, you know, was- he had some great lines. Like, yeah, I thought I thought he did a great job, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, yeah, cast-wise, I thought they they hit the nail pretty good. Um, yeah, Wesley Snipes once again delivered a fucking outstanding performances. Blade. Um, yeah, it was. I, I thought it was a great a great end to a great series. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude. The, yeah, like you said, ending a trilogy. The, you know, having Blade take on Dracula, that was very befitting of the, the original Tomb of Dracula comics. Because Blade was a bit of a, you know, he was a bit of a uh, um, character in, in those issues as well, fighting Dracula. Well, yeah, I mean, that was, that was basically where, that was where he got introduced. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, you know, have, having, wrapping it up with Dracula was a nice bookend to that trilogy. Like, I, I really think it was. Um, yeah. And yeah, again, like Dominic Purcell was great. Like I, I really love that he portrayed. Um, yeah, it was a really cool. Uh, use your words, Jake. Um, yeah. Bon Jovi. It was a really good cool, Bon Jovi. <laughs> it was a really cool Bon Jovi album. Um, New Jersey, my favorite. New Jersey, great. Um, <laughs> but uh, I thought it was cool that even though they didn't go for like the more traditional Dracula, I did like that they decided to try and do something a little different with him and have him as like this kind of like medieval warlord. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, he wasn't the aristocratic Dracula that you had in Tomb of Dracula and stuff like that. He was much more like the kind of, you know, medieval warrior Dracula that you sort of saw at the start of Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah, you know, back was, when he was like Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, kind of yeah. and I thought that was a bit more believable. Because it would have been hard to pull off the aristocratic one taking on someone like Blade, you know. Well, I mean, not impossible, but I think the work would have been cut out a bit more for him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought the medieval Dracula was way more appropriate. In well, and also, like, you know, sort yeah. of, like, having, having, like, if you had Dracula as, like, this, I mean, it was. I thought it was pretty smart because if you had Dracula as like this, you know, aristocrat that had like you know been there, blah blah blah, behind the scenes and all that, you know, as an audience member, you're instantly going to go, well, where was he in the first two movies? That's right. Yeah. You know, why wasn't he mentioned? Like, yeah. you know, so it sort of would have felt like you know, oh, they've just pulled this shit out of their ass and none of this was planned. But I think what was really smart in writing it that way is that like you know. Yeah, he was basically in hibernation. He's like, you know, this medieval fucking monster that, like, eventually somehow they managed to like lock away and keep safe from the world safe from. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, I thought that was cool, like just the way that the vampires found him. And yeah, know, there, there was some, there was there was something romantic about that whole that whole sequence. And and uh, you know, and again, you know, the movie, much like the the previous two. The, the fucking action just kicks off within the first 20 minutes. Well, I mean, yeah, dude, like, I mean, that that whole opening scene, like, that car oh, chase bro, was just how good is that? Like, that was fucking cool. Like, that was just so fucking cool. Like, I mean, yeah. And I, I love that it was like, you know, each of the opening sequences, it's like, you know, I mean, you've got the, the intro of Blade in the first one, which is just like fucking kick ass. And then it's yeah. like, you know, okay, then you've got him busting up this warehouse in the second one. And then, like, you do a fucking car chase for the third one. Dude, like it was so good. It's such a cool way. It's like, okay, we're going to open this with, like, a big fucking action set piece. 
and they've just done something different each time, which I think is great. It's just, this is such a great trilogy in terms of just like the way it's constructed in terms of like, okay, we're going to hit the beats that we know everyone loves in each movie, yeah. but we're going to, you know, up the stakes, ha ha ha, again, uh-huh. um, in, in each one, <laughs> in each one, well, if I can get three in here, I'm just going to be so fucking pleased with myself, <laughs> but like, you know, in each one, it's like, you know, they, they, they pump up the action, do something a little different but still keep the same sort of structure that they know works and people love it, which is something I feel like a lot of, you know, Marvel movies and that nowadays try to do, but they just don't seem to capture it as well as what the Blade trilogy did. Because it's like, yeah, like each movie, you want want to see a big opening action piece. You want to see like you know, Blade sort of on the back foot a bit and then he kicks a bit of ass. You want to see him, like, working his way through a shit ton of vampires to get to the big boss. Yeah. You know, you want a big boss fight at the end. You know, Blade's got to catch his sunnies and put them on and look cool at some point. Check. You know, they manage to do that in each movie, but it never feels lame or forced or stale. That's the best part of the movie is is just how organic everything happens in this film, uh, in this whole trilogy really well done yeah i mean yeah i mean of course it's got its flaws like any good movie should and does no you know it's not perfect but fuck me it hits the nail on the head oh man totally and i mean yeah the the blues got the director's cut on there and i gotta be honest i've only what ever since i got this on dvd and blu-ray i've only ever watched the director's cut so right i honestly can't tell you i haven't seen the theatrical cut since it was at the movies so I honestly can't tell you what the differences are, but yeah. I know that the, the director's cut's pretty good. I think the ending's slightly different with, uh, like, yeah, it's like there's a fairly definitive direction from Blade at the end. Um, yeah, and, yeah, I... there's, some, there's some great deleted scenes. Like, there is an absolutely fantastic deleted scene um, that I think was meant to be a bit of a post credit stinger with the Night Stalkers on another case where they're taking out a werewolf. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's very cool. Totally worth checking out just for that scene. Fuck yeah, that would be sick, man. Because, I mean, that's the thing. Like, when I watched the post-credits in, uh, in the theatrical cut, I was just, I was a bit sort of, yeah, okay. Because it was just, you know, just Blade driving in his car. Yeah. Um, there was a bit of, you know, a bit of calm in the streets and then the roar of Blade's car and you see a close-up of Blade driving and you go, Cool. Okay. What next? Yeah. That's, to me, if you're going to do a post credit scene, give it, give it something that's just going to have the audience go, oh, yes, I want more. Yeah. It didn't quite have that punch for me. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I always wished, like, I mean, I remember reading stuff in Wizard back when this came out um, where, you know, they were talking about, like, for, like they, when they were planning to do a fourth one, yeah, um, and you know they were talking about repurposing the idea that they were going to do for number three, which was like basically, you know, Blade's version of I Am Legend, where he's like pretty much the last dude left on Earth, and the whole planet's been overrun by vampires. That's and a great I, idea. I, I so want to fucking see that movie. Like, I so want to see that movie. I want to see fucking full-on old man Blade. Well, you know, he doesn't age, so he really wouldn't be an old man. Um, but I, I so want to see Blade going full fucking Charlton Heston, Omega Man, like, 
yeah, well, I'm, I'm that... the last guy left on Earth, and it's like yeah. this post-vampire well, fucking apocalypse. Like, that would be rad. That would make such a much more exciting uh, entry into the franchise without having to do a reboot. Just go, you know, like a just a continuation of the series, but set 40 years later or something like, Black, um, you know, like Logan did. Yeah. You know? Give us a, a future where exactly a dystopian future, and our hero is, you know, the the, the last man standing. Um, I, well, I think that would be so much better. And it feels like a logical conclusion to this because I mean that whole the whole virus thing that they use to try and wipe out the vampires mm. in Blade Trinity is taken directly from the comics. Except yeah. in the comics, it was a magic spell that you know, Blade did with Doctor Strange and all that sort of stuff to wipe out vampires in the Marvel Universe, which obviously hasn't worked because, you know, vampires are back in the Marvel Universe with a fucking vengeance. Yeah, that's Um, right. So obviously, you know, it wouldn't work in the movie universe as either. Like, I mean, you know, obviously that's not going to happen. I mean, you know, what what the fuck does Blade do after he's killed all the vampires, you know? Well, that's it. But that's actually... you can't really keep really the blade good. just going like, okay, cool. Uh, pizza and Netflix, anyone? Yeah. <laughs> but still, you know, that's a great opportunity to introduce that bigger, darker supernatural world. Not just have the vampires, have the werewolf by night, have the mummy, you know, like bring in some of these characters. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, I mean, you know, Marvel's got such a great sort of rich horror character universe. Absolutely. Like Ghost Rider, Vengeance, Blade. Yeah. You know, like the other Night Stalkers, Werewolf by Night. You know, uh, well, even Zombie. Like uh, even some of the the the. Um, uh, am I wrong in saying the Creature Commandos, or is it no? Well, yeah. Uh, oh no, that's basically like you're thinking the Howling Commandos. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but Marvel had that too with uh, Agents of Shade, I think it's called or something. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they had like a, a, a shield division that was like the Howling Commandos that had like a werewolf. I think Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Like, like them and DC did a similar thing at a similar time of with that sort did. of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Was, you know, comics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I, I just think like, you know, it would be a, a cool opportunity to bring some of those characters into it. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think, like, you know, having having a post-apocalyptic Blade vampire movie, like, they, they talked about as, like, the fourth movie, like, after, you know, the big the big throwdown with Dracula, mm. would just be such a cool progression of the series. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So, speaking of the, the comedy, getting back to the comedy aspect, I mean, obviously, the comedy is really centred around Ryan Reynolds. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> who's really just getting his start in Hollywood to be to be realistic, right? Well, this was pretty much like the first, like, because I remember uh, when this came out, and like, you really only knew Brian Reynolds from stuff like Van Wilder and shit yeah. like that. Like, that was pretty much like some of the the biggest things he did. And yeah, you know, I remember sort of going like, "Oh man, like really, Ryan Reynolds is Hannibal King? Like, uh, do we really want Van Wilder, fucking action hero? Like, that seems a bit weird." But man, I think he was fantastic in this. It's like I've never been so happy to be wrong. Like, yeah, he was just—he was great. Like, you know, he, like, yeah, he—he he managed to do like a very sort of. I feel like his Hannibal King was very sort of 
rooted in like the 80s action hero kind of vibe of yeah. like you know because it's like yeah like he delivered the action but you know he had a lot of one-liners he had a lot of like you know fun moments and stuff like he that did, yeah, like, yeah. I, I were, think he, he really worked were you a fan of uh, his narrative at the beginning of the film because I thought that was an interesting opening yeah I thought it was cool um it sort of did I feel like I feel like it would have been better coming from Blade or Whistler. That's how um, I felt. Yeah. But, but I do cool. think having <laughs> Yeah, I do think having uh Ryan Reynolds character do it did sort of help set the tone for the movie to sort of let the audience know like, yeah, okay, this one's going to have a little bit more you know, humor elements in it than yeah. previous ones. It's not so gloom. So yeah, I kind of felt it like it let you know right from the start that like this was going to be a bit more of a fun ride than yeah. like you know just you know bleak hardcore fucking super cool action. Yep. Um, so I can see why they did that because like having him do it sort of did help set the tone for it for people. So I you know because I mean I guess like you know if you had Whistler or, or Blade doing that like it's sort of like oh fucking spooky spooky scary scary and then you know you get Ryan Reynolds like you know, giving Triple H shit about his dick size and, you know, laughing at vampire Pomeranians and stuff. like That was pretty funny. <laughs> You'd sort vampire of be going, oh, what the fuck? I mean, that was, that was great. That whole sequence was great. Like, yeah. I, mean, I, you know, I, I mean, laughed pretty hard at that, actually. <laughs> I mean, dude, that whole scene where they're torturing Ryan Reynolds and stuff like that and they've got him chained up was, like, so fucking funny. Like, he had so many great lines in that. Like... Yeah. But none of it felt out of place or forced. Because, no, it didn't. Um, but, I mean, you've also got that great moment where, you know, fucking Parker Posey leans in and she's, like, basically like, oh, you know, we're going to turn you again and we're going to leave you in here with this little girl. And you just see, like, the fucking horror come over Ryan Reynolds' face. Like, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like the dude's, like... It, it, I think it's really cool because it's like, yeah, he's he's, you know, using sarcasm and humour and stuff like that. But, you know, deep down, like, he can't make shit and he is scared of becoming a vampire again, which, you know, it totally works. Like, he, you manage to get, like, which is something that always kind of bugs me about the MCU, is that it's, like, it's all jokey, 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 and you never really feel like the stakes are high or the characters are worried about the stakes being high. Hey, you just um, used stake twice in, in less than a minute. Well done. I did. I've got four in there. Yes. Woo! <laughs> oh, dude. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I'm done now. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> no, but um, look, I thought Ryan Reynolds' character, uh, the balance between him and Jessica Beale's uh, daughter of Whistler character, I thought brought a really cool um, mix of comedy and action to the movie that it needed. And I didn't feel I didn't feel like it took away from what Blade was already doing in the series. No, well that's it because I mean, like you kind of get the feeling like you know when they sort of you know work together, like you know I mean Blade sort of Blade Blade is the most consistently written character in cinema in these yeah. movies yeah. because like Wesley just has such a great understanding of the character and what makes him tick and such an obvious love for the character that yeah. like. He never lets himself break out of that character. 
to like be fucking, you know, wisecracking with Hannibal King or anything. Like there's just so many great moments where Hannibal, like Ryan Reynolds says something and Blade just looks at him like, God, you're a fuckwit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a great moment where Hannibal King gets shot and he's like laid up in bed and like, you know, he's like giving Blade shit and Blade just looks at him, turns around, walks away and Hannibal King's like, he hates me, doesn't he? Yeah, I love <laughs> and, that. And, that was know, so cool. At fucking Jessica Biel's just staring at us like, yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't trying to sugarcoat it. She just went, yep, he hates him. <laughs> but it just, it works so well for the character and it makes for a really fun dynamic. Like there's obviously a lot of mutual respect between him and Whistler's daughter. I think there's yeah. like a bit of um, like a, you know, brother, sister or, you know, like father, daughter kind of relationship yeah. there between them because she's got that connection to Whistler. Who fucking? I did, one thing I did hate was that he died at the start of this movie. I, was, oh, I was pretty pissed about that, but maybe Whoa. maybe that's movie politics. Maybe there's something behind the scenes that we don't know about. That, um, that I happened. do think. I think story wise, like I didn't like it because I love Chris Christopherson and that yeah. character. Like Dude, I knew he was great. He really brings it to the movie. But I do feel like it was a good character progression from blade because it's like you know you take away his support network you know you've basically got him out there on his own and you know like whistler has a lot of dialogue about that early on in the movie where he's like, he does, yeah. like i love your kid but like i can see the future and you know you're all alone surrounded by enemies and it fucking breaks my heart sort of thing like yeah that's a really great moment between the two of them and blade's just like fucking oh you worry too much um and I also like, sorry, I also like that, um, how they just, they tie, they dive into Whistler's backstory a little bit too, like, to, yeah. you know, um, bringing in the daughter the way they did and talking about what happened. I thought that was really nicely done too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and I think it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a good story-wise, it's a good point to put Blade in because it's like, you know, you take away all the familiar shit that he's got, like his base of operations, like his father figure and his tech man and all that sort of stuff. You know, the vampires are like basically running a fucking smear campaign on him, trying to frame him for all this shit and, you know, turn the police against him and all that sort of stuff. It was cool to see James Remar in there as the police captain. I'm just like, fucking Ajax! I was waiting for that because, bro, when I saw him, I was so excited. And fuck, he looks great in this film. He was great. I, I just wish he had more of a role in it, but I was happy oh, with what we got. He's got, got one of my favourite lines in the movie where he's just going off at the feds. And he's like, that man's my prisoner. Don't fuck with my thing. Yeah. That's just one of my Like, his delivery of that is just such a great fucking great delivery of such a fun line yeah absolutely i was kind of hoping he would have like taken a nod back to one of his previous you know like ajax and just said one of his famous lines from that you know your pussy you know like, just something subtle oh, like, oh! Yeah. yeah but look man he was great um yeah look the, the whole cast was great and building towards that final battle with Dracula and the vampires, I thought it was really well done too. Yeah, I mean, that was really cool. The soundtrack is such a banger in this yeah, one as it well. Is. Like, it's got such it a is. great soundtrack. Yeah. And I mean, I, just, I love that final confrontation between Blade and Dracula where, you know, 
Dracula is just like Blade, ready to die, and Blades are like, yeah. "Motherfucker, I was born ready." Yeah. It's, it's so like people can say that, that shit's cheesy, but it's so fucking cool and just such a great thing for the cat. Because like, I love that Dominic Purcell's Dracula is just a fucking beast in this. Like he is right. just like he is just a fucking monster. Like he's a big dude anyway, and like. Yeah. He just commands the screen when he's on it in it's this movie. This is what you want in a Dracula, you know? Like, you don't want Dracula to be like, you know, in a like movie like this. Dracula you don't well, want yeah, you, you don't want him in, like, in a cape and a, and a bow and stuff like that. It doesn't really work. But, like, in a movie like this, you want him to just be, like, an absolute, like, threat. And I do, he really I, I do is. To, yeah, I do have to say, but a cheesy um, deleted scene that could have been would have been really cool to see like uh, a Tomb of Dracula cosplayer dude in the in the goth shop or something, and just you know wrong place wrong time and Dracula just goes to town on him. You know that would yeah. have been great. Um, well, I yeah. mean, I did love that they got the Tomb of Dracula comic in there when dude, uh, that was you great. Know, they're explaining like Dracula's history to Blade. But the other yeah. thing that I wasn't really hot on was them calling him Drake. Yeah, I was kind of like, nah, man, yeah. Dracula's good enough. Like, do you think that's uh, copyright thing? Or do you I think feel like it was a nod towards Frank Drake's original Monster Comics, who yeah, gotcha. like, you know, and so I feel like they've kind of put that in there, a little bit of a you know tip of the hat. Yeah, and you know, I think maybe there was like probably a, I mean, Dracula's in public domain since it's you know that old like yeah, anyone can use oh, it. You'll make it use Dracula. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, I also feel like it was maybe like a little bit of a concern of, man, dude, seriously, like this guy revs that fucking motorbike every day. <laughs> like, I do feel like it was also a bit of a concern of like, you know, oh, what if people think Dracula's a bit lame or they think it's one of those movies kind of thing? Like, yeah. we've got to we've got to keep it cool and you know, updated and modern and all that sort of stuff possible i'm not entirely sure why they sure. referred to me by a different name but that's just the theory but look i mean at the end of the day we, you know you, you put two and two together pretty quick who he is you know that he's dracula he looks great as dracula um he's a fitting formidable opponent for Drac for blake uh for blade sorry and um fucking drake blake fucking bon jovi um crossover yeah, movie <laughs> yeah crossover movie anyone uh <laughs> Fucking Blazer Glory Part 2. Here we go. But, um, no, look, I thought it went really well. You know, uh, what's, you know hey, 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 hey. Before, before you go on, Yo. there is actually a crossover there because John Bon Jovi did fight vampires in yes, Vampires Los Muertos, the yes, sequel to John Carpenter's Vampires. Uh, it's actually pretty fucking good. Mate, I was going to say, I was going to say, that would be, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, a bit of a dive into those two movies. Oh, fuck yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. I actually yeah. kind of prefer it to the first one. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Well, stay tuned, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, another Bon Jovi episode. Fuck. Uh, why not? Oh, that'll be one for the book. <laughs> em- empty your bladder and set aside a couple of hours, kids. Oh, dude. <laughs> Let the deep dive begin. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, the fight choreography was really good, man. Like that whole, I love that whole sequence where they're like, it's Blade and uh, Jessica Biel's character, Abigail, like fighting their way up that walkway. 
yeah, to get to the... I mean, that was just so well choreographed. My question, the most unrealistic element of this movie, which pisses me off to no end, is how in fuck's name does Jessica Biel fight vampires with headphones in? Because I don't know if anyone's ever done it. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever done it, but I've like exercised with headphones in, and those fuckers they don't fall stay out. in. Yeah. They don't stay in at all. Uh, I don't know how to answer that question, but yeah, I'm like, is there some sort of super glue? Like, did did like Pat Oswalt, like the little tech guy, did he design like special headphones for that's her that won't fall logical, out? Yeah, that's the only logical conclusion I can draw from it. <laughs> It's uh, that exact thing, you know, like, she has the headphones with, you know, something uh, sticky-sticky to keep it in there. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's just like, you know, I'm just like, I remember, like, watching this the first time, I'm just going, how is that possible? Like, yeah. man, I can't vacuum my house without headphones falling out of my fucking ears. Right, it's the most annoying shit ever. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude, it was very interesting, but, you know, again, there, there's a lot of crazy shit in this film that doesn't make sense but it works <laughs> you know like I'm some of the outrageous weapons in this film like Jessica Biel's fucking UV fucking saw thing yeah that's a bit like okay <laughs> yeah, pretty sure science says no but cool <laughs> yeah that, that's kind of where my head was at I'm like oh, this is, you know I, I know it's Hollywood but even uh, even I'm just looking at it going yeah I don't know about that one eh Bit, yeah, bit interesting, but um, yeah, look, I, I thought the weapons were cool. Um, fucking love Blaze Charger. Oh, got a yeah. Um, the motorcycles were, were fun, but yeah, look, overall, the movie rocks. Um, our hero stands triumphant. Dracula um, met what I thought was a fairly believable kind of end, and uh, yeah, I thought, yeah. This, this wrapped up a really cool trilogy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did, do you have any sort of final thoughts on? No, no, no. That's pre- that's pretty much it, man. I, I think it's just it's it's a great end to a great trilogy. Like before we wrap up. Um, yeah. And yeah, I highly recommend. Um, I highly recommend owning this on Blu-ray. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you know, like again, you know, we're, I think we've given you more listeners more than enough reasons to check it out check out the whole trilogy and explore why this holds so strongly in comparison to the average mcu movie right now because the practical effects are still in there um the the casting is perfect the soundtrack is perfect it's just it's a I feel like it's a timeless movie that's never going to. Yeah, well, it's got it's got some great, like you know, some great little world building moments. Like I said, the the subway attack with the little gang of punk vampires. You know, mm-hmm. one of them wearing a Lost Boys shirt, which was a yeah. nice nod. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a good fun little flick and highly worth checking out. Yeah, and in wrapping up, um, I guess what I'd sort of quickly ask you is, um, you know, all this talk of the reboot and everything. Um, where where's your head at on that? Oh, look, it's, it's, I hope it's good. Um, the, the guy they've cast as Blade is a great actor. Uh, I've seen him, I've seen him in a few things. I've seen him in like True Detective and Green Book and stuff like that. Um, he's a great actor. I just, 
I just hope that they keep the spirit of the character intact and so don't do turn him into your prototypical wisecracking Marvel hero that, you know, talks like Joss Whedon wrote him. And yeah, I just, and I kind of just would like to see Blade established in his own little corner of the Marvel universe first before they cross him over with a bunch of people. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, let him, let him just exist in like the, you know, the sort of underbelly of it with like other supernatural characters. And, you know, later on, like movie three or four or whatever, like start introducing other superheroes or have him fucking team up with Spider-Man or whatever. Like, mm. you know, it's, it's very doable. Like there's a way to do it and have it work. Like, I mean, you know, like, yeah, I just, I just really hope they get it right and don't fuck it up. I mean, it's like, it's Blade. Like there's, there's certain expectations with a Blade movie. You expect a really great soundtrack. You expect, you know, some really cool, memorable action sequences. You know, you expect a certain amount of, you know... I, the Marvel Universe in the movies at the moment is very family-friendly, which, you know what, understandable. It's all primarily Spider-Man and, like, you know, characters the kids would want to see. Blade is one of those characters that's more for teenagers and adults. So I don't really give a fuck about, you know, selling a Blade Happy Meal or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like... Hey, I want a Blade Happy Meal. Buy your Blade burger with free sword. Um, Like, like, you know, I I just hope that they keep that in mind and, you know, get it right and don't go for, like... I hope they don't defang Blade, pun intended. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I hope they don't drive a stake through the through what's been an exceptional franchise. Ha-ha. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, I, yeah, we'll see We'll see what the future holds. But regardless of what happens, we've got a great trilogy. Um, you mentioned the TV series is pretty good and worth checking out as well. Oh, totally. So, yeah. yeah, and there's a great animated manga as well. So, dude, look, man, there's, there's plenty of uh, great memories to draw on. And Wesley Snipes, man, fucking good luck trying to fill his shoes, man. That's all I got to say. Well, I mean, man, like you know, he he is Blade in the in the yeah. like in the same way that like Christopher Reeve is Superman, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine, like yeah, Wesley yeah. is Blade, like all the way. You know, obviously at some point, like I mean, this is the thing, like these characters are, are so iconic and so good. Like I mean, obviously other actors are going to play them, and that's fine, but. Yeah. You know, there are certain actors that just nail the characters so well that they just set the standard for everything to come. They do. Yeah, I agree. No, it's been good. I'm glad we did this series, man. It's fucking great. And, Fuck uh, you. Yeah, one more sleep till the uh, till the big one. So. Yeah, <laughs> we will see you all tomorrow morning, bright and early. And yeah. um, we may... We may, we may not have a little delay on Rad. We might be doing a special we'll Rad from yeah. Comic Con, but yeah. uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Fingers like, crossed, uh, man. Fingers crossed, because the Rad episode we've got lined up is a pearl, I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, literally. I, I, I'm really keen to talk about it. So, um, yeah, we'll see how we go, dude. Uh, as, as you all know, we, we, we fight the good battle to uh, bring you these, these dedicated episodes on time. So... Uh, we yeah, we'll fly have... by the seat of our pants. Yes, we do. But um, have yourselves a great Freaky Friday. Uh, drop us a line in the comments or there's a Q&A on Spotify. Feel free to use that and let us know what you think of the episode. 
tell your mates about it. Let us know your thoughts, favourite Blade movie, thoughts on the trilogy, thoughts on the reboot, etc. And, um, yeah, that is me. Done. Yep, that's us. Done for another Friday. We'll see you tomorrow. Yes. Till then, stay Adios. freaky.